0: It is very very important and interesting for us to note and understand that in this life everybody goes through challenges you deal with needs and you have personal issues that you have to handle and things that confront you and sometimes it's it's even an experience that god exposed some of us to go through so that we will learn we will improve ourselves and we will grow praise the lord but then as we look at the word of god carefully you also discover that most of the things that are happening in our lives, they are not just happening for our good only, but they are also happening for God to be glorified. So they are happening for our good. They are happening also for God to be glorified. Praise the Lord. And I also believe, according to the scripture, that some of those things are happening so that you have a clear revelation and confidence in the God that you serve. So that you know exactly who God is and what he's capable of doing. And so, when we talk about confidence in God, we're not talking about confidence in a man. We're not talking about confidence in ourselves. We're not talking about confidence in things. Praise the Lord. In fact, I'm not dealing with the issues of personal self-esteem here. That is not what we're talking about. We're talking about God Almighty this morning. Praise the Lord. As you know that most of the time, by the grace of God and to God be the glory, whatever I preach and teach, 99% are centered on God. God-centered messages. And today is one of those days also that I'm going to point you to God. And let me assure you now, before we get into the word, that every scripture that I'm about to teach you this morning has God connection in it. Praise the Lord. God is the paramount or the most important figure in those scriptures. And so, when we talk about confidence in God, we're talking about how to have assurance in God. Praise the Lord. Because when we talk about confidence, confidence can be defined as a form of dependency. Dependency, praise the Lord, on thing Or a person, praise the Lord. When you depend on a thing, you have confidence in that thing. When you depend on the person, you have confidence in that person, praise the Lord. So, confidence can be defined as a form of dependency upon. Confidence can be defined as a means of trust. You trust a person or you trust that thing, praise the Lord. Confidence can also be defined as a way or means of believing upon. You are believing that issue, you are believing that person, you are believing the situation, you are believing a thing, praise the Lord. So, when we talk about confidence, Confidence here. We're talking about how to depend on God. We're talking about how to trust God. We're talking about how to believe on God and his word. We're talking about how to be convinced, to be convinced about who God is and what he's capable of doing hallelujah when we talk about confidence here it has to do with reliability you are totally relying upon god you are totally relying upon god confidence has to do with you being certain you are certain in your mind you are certain in your heart that whatever god has promised He will do praise the name of the lord Uh, you are certain that god is able god is is capable like the scripture says now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think praise the lord when we talk about confidence we are talking about assurance assurance You are assured about who God is. You are assured about the potential of God. You are assured about the character of God. So confidence here has to do with assurance. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, naturally speaking, you know, there are people that you co- you, are, you have confidence in. Take, for instance, if you are traveling and you have to use the plane, uh, you know, uh, you don't go on board the plane and say, excuse me, sir, are you the pilot? Can I please see your certification? Praise the Lord. Not only that, can you tell me a little bit of your character? Can I trust you? No, you don't do all of that. Am I right? The moment somebody says I'm a pilot or the moment that pilot entered into that corporate, you know that that guy is able, that guy is, is capable, he has all what it, he had all the credential and he has what it takes to what to fly you to your destination am i right so when you go there you sit in confidence eh, although some people are actually there they're afraid of of height and flying but you sit there in confidence praise the Lord! and so you allow the pilot to take you to your destination you are not going to begin to worry and go go to the pilot and say are you flying the plane properly and then excuse me sir what is wrong why is it that you know we're going through some turbulence or why is it that the plane is sliding on the left or on the right do you do that no You don't trouble yourself because you know it doesn't concern you, number one. Number two, you don't know what he's doing. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. If he's pressing any button or he's trying to to, to navigate the plane anyhow, you don't query the integrity of that pilot because you know that he's qualified to sit behind that thing and to drive you or fly you out to your destination. Praise the Lord. So if you can trust the pilot to take you to your destination, I want to assure you today that you must trust God. He will take you to the point of your fulfillment in life in Jesus' name. Another person that you trust is your doctor. You trust your doctor. The doctor will tell you, Oh, take off your clothes. And then lie down there, and then move your foot this way. Open your mouth like this, or open your feet like this. You know, you you, you don't begin to query the integrity of that doctor. You don't even say, "Excuse me, sir, are you an abuser? You know, are you a parrot? Can I can I know a, a little bit about you? And then let me then let me see your record before I can trust you. No, you know he has the license to do that. Praise the Lord. You know he had gone through some rigorous training and 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 all this uh, 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 uh teaching and, and and maturing and and instruction so that they know what they're doing am i right so we see all of this kind uh, these are things that and um, people that we trust hallelujah not only that you trust machines you trust things hallelujah you have confidence in certain things that that causes you not to worry may i say this to you confidence is the key to greatness Confidence is the key to excellent. Confidence is, listen, listen to this now, confidence is the highest level of your faith. Praise the Lord. In fact, I will assume that confidence, the, the level of confidence is above faith. Praise the name of the Lord. Confidence is the highest level of your faith, but I assume that confidence is above faith. Praise the name of the Lord. Why should we have confidence in God? Because God is overqualified to be God. Hallelujah. Why should we have confidence in God? The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 12, that God is the one who created the heavens and the earth and he spread the cloud through his wisdom. Hallelujah. The Bible says that God is a God of mystery. So he's qualified to be God. God is all powerful. So he's qualified to be God. The Bible refers to him as the only wise God. So he's qualified to be God. The Bible says that God is a spirit. He is qualified to be God. The Bible says that God is faithful. He is qualified to be God. The Bible says that God is holy. He is qualified to be God. The Bible says that God is reliable. He is qualified to be God. The Bible says that God is true. He is qualified to be God. The Bible says that God is pure. He is qualified to be God. The Bible says that God is faithful. He is qualified to be God. The Bible says that God is trustworthy. He is qualified to be God. The Bible says that God is all-sufficient. He is qualified to be God. He is able capable he's qualified to be god he's unlimited he's qualified to be god he's perfect he's qualified to be god he's all-knowing he's qualified to be god the bible refer to him as the creator the bible also refer to him as the owner of everything upon the face of this earth so he's not just god but he's the creator and he's the owner the bible says in genesis chapter one verse one that in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth so he can be trusted he owned everything the bible says in the book of nehemiah chapter nine verse number six it says thou even thou o lord alone thou even thou o lord alone god alone you are not there to help him you are not capable to help him you're not qualified He see god alone thou has made heavens the heavens of heavens with all their host, can you imagine that? He says, "The earth and all things therein." Praise the Lord! All things that are therein, the seas, and all that is therein. Hallelujah! And Thou preserveth them all. The host of heaven worship Thee. So, in other words, everything that created, that was created, was created by God. But not only that, the Bible says God is the one that preserveth everything. Praise the Lord. Till today, since the day God said, let there be, from the book of Genesis, chapter 1. Since till today, since that day till today, all that we do is just to invent out of what God has created. Can you imagine that? Do you know how many generations and generations upon generations had come and gone? And yet, the resources of God that came out of his spoken word, let there be till today, we're still inventing out of the thing that God has created. Can you imagine that? Not only that till today, since God says from the beginning, let there be light, the moon has never disappeared. Praise the Lord. The sun never disappeared. The stars they are still there since the beginning. And they still perform and operate their functions in accordance to the spoken word of God. God can be trusted. The Bible says in the book of Job, chapter 26, verse 7, He stretcheth out the north over the empty place, praise the Lord, and hangeth the earth upon nothing. He anchored the earth. For those of us who study science, and for some of us, who, you know, remember in the school days you were studying the planet, you have all these planets, you know, you have Venus, you have Pluto, you have Jupiter, you have Saturn, praise the Lord, you have, uh, you have the Earth, you have the Moon, and, and the Sun, and all these things. You know, you, you know, when you look at the solar system, they will tell you everything is hanging. Hanging on what? Hallelujah. Everything is suspending. Suspending on what? It's on the presence of God, that is what Job just said. He stretched out the earth over the empty place, praise the Lord, and hanged the earth upon nothing, praise the Lord, hallelujah. That is the God that we are talking about in Psalm 102, verse 25. It says, Of old has thou laid the foundation of the earth is the one that laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the works of thy hands not your hand but the work of god's hand you can see that also in psalm 102 verse 25 you can see Acts chapter 14 verse 15 you can see hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 and many other scriptures that talk about god being the creator psalm 102 verse 25 it says of all has thou laid the foundation of the earth praise the lord it says and the heavens are the works of thy hands Can you imagine that the heavens are the works of thy hands so let no man bring that form of stupidity to you to let you know that oh the earth came as a result of a big bang and there's no god that's the most foolish thing ever praise the lord in fact the bible says the fool says in his heart there is no god praise the lord so if somebody tells you there's no god everything came as a result of a big bang that is one person that the bible identifies as a as a fool. It doesn't matter the credential of that individual. It doesn't matter whether it's they they call themselves intellectual or they have PhD, they have this and that. If you don't believe that there is a God and God is the owner and the creator of the universe, then you have a serious problem. The Bible referred to you as a fool. Praise the Lord. Oh, I pray that you will not be among them in Jesus' name. And that will not be your case in Jesus' name. So the Bible says that God owned and created the universe. And so as a result, looking at all these qualities, I want you to know and believe and have this assurance that God can be trusted. God is faithful. God is dependable. God is trustworthy. God is reliable. So when we talk about confidence in God, if there's nothing else that you ought to believe, if there's nothing else that you should depend upon, if there's nothing else that you should have faith in, I want you to have faith in God. I want you to depend on God. I want you to believe God. I want you to trust God. Let me take you through a few scriptures. Look at Chronicles, 2 Chronicles. That's our text. Let's see this account and see what happened. Are we there. Second Chronicles chapter twenty. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to be reading from verse. Uh, you can look at it from verse one down to verse uh, thirty-one, but I'm going to because of time. I'm going to take it from verse uh, from verse. Uh, I'll take it from verse ten. Praise the Lord. Let's see from verse eight because of time. Praise the Lord. Are we there? Second Chronicles chapter twenty. Thank you, Jesus. Are we ready? Praise the Lord. says and they dwell therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy namesake it's it's talking about um um um, the the house of god jehovah shepherd is speaking about the the temple of god the presence of god and because that is where they go now to pray why because at this particular time the enemies were surrounded uh, they were surrounded by the enemies the bible says three nations that were stronger than themselves came against them to to encompass them to to fight against them praise the Lord. and so the man of god the leader the king decided to go to the house of god to pray and to call upon god he says there he's speaking concerning the house now and they dwell therein and have built thee a sanctuary there for thy name's sake praise the lord if when evil cometh upon us he's reminding god for the covenant that was made concerning this house praise the lord if when evil cometh upon us as a sword judgment or pestilence or famine we stand before this house and in thy presence look at this we stand before this house that's number one number two in Thy why because they trusted god they have confidence in god we have confidence that is why we are coming we have confidence that is why we're here even though the nations around have decided to attack us even though these three nations have combined themselves the children of Amoab, the children of Ammon, the Ammonites, they've gathered against us, yet your word has said if we can come into this house to call upon you, to pray unto you, to ask if there is pestilence, if there is famine, if there is war, there is, there is destruction, if we come to you and we call upon your name, you are promised that you will answer. We have confidence in this. So that is why we're here. The question is why do you pray? The question is why do you serve God? Why are you a child of God? Do you have confidence in him? Do you have confidence in God's word? Do you have confidence in the promises of God? Hallelujah. He says, you have said that you will help. He says, when evil, he says, look at verse 9. If when evil cometh upon us, and the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house, and in thy presence, you see that, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee, in our affliction then what's gonna happen thou would hear and help you see that if we pray unto you you have promised that you are going to hear us and that you are going to help us and god this is the confidence that we have that is why we are here praise the lord look at verse 10 and now behold the children of Ammon and moab and mount seir whom thou who not let israel invade when they came out of the land of egypt But they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession. Which thou hast given unto us to inherit. Verse number 12. It says, O our God. Do you see the prayer now? O our God, wilt thou not judge them? Look, look, look. I love this. Pay attention to this verse 12. It says, Will thou not judge them? For we have no might against these. Take note now. Take note. Very important. We're going deeper. We have no might against this what? Great company that had come or that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Now, brace yourself because we're about to get deeper. Brace yourself because there are certain things that God is going to unfold in our lives this morning. Do you know that without God, I love the scripture that says without him we can do nothing, you know. Do you know that without God we cannot face the devil? Do you know that without God we cannot make warfare against the kingdom of darkness? Oh, yes. But what helps us or what is it that empowers us is God with us. That is why the Bible says greater is he that is in you than him that is in the world. Now look at what Jehoshaphat was saying. He said, Lord, we do not have any might against these great people or company that commit against us. There are a lot of things that seem great in our eyes. There are a lot of things that, that, that came up against us that seems stronger, sometimes even stronger than you are. Praise the Lord. Great company that came against us, praise the Lord, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon you. I'm speaking to someone this morning. It may be that you are stuck in life. Whatever you are going through seems great and seems bigger and seems stronger whatever you are going through has pushed your back against the wall and you don't even know what to do. Whatever you are experiencing in your marriage, whatever you are experiencing in your ministry, whatever you are experiencing in your career, whatever you are going through with your body, your health, whatever your children or your family may be going through, you are saying, Lord, it's too big for me. Lord, I can't handle this. Lord, it is more than I can deal with. Oh, Lord God, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know who can help. I don't know how to fix it. Yes, with man, the Bible says it is impossible. That is obvious. But what is also clear and obvious is that with God, all things are are possible. Praise God. So they said we don't know what to do. We don't have what it takes to deal with this great company. Maybe your debt has become your enemy. Financially, you are even scared. You say, Pastor, if you see my debt, I have over almost a million dollar debt. My debt is up to 500,000. Oh, if you see what I'm dealing with financially, financially, I want to announce to you today. The Bible says when he turned the captivity of Zion for them, it was like them. They could not even believe. They themselves could not believe. Their enemies could not believe. Praise the Lord. They were, they were dumbfounded. They were surprised. May I say this to you that the Lord is about to surprise you this morning in Jesus' name. Just be confidence in him. Just keep that confidence in God. You see, but pastor, my husband had left me for years. And I don't think that he will ever come back. Because the last time I saw him, what he said to me, the, 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 the words that he said to me, the, the way he disrespected me, the insult that I had from him, I don't think it will, it will ever come back. God is about to surprise you. You see where Pastor, the doctors have tendered their report and all their diagnosis, and they said, I have a few more days, and I will be dying. I will be dying, Pastor. Pastor, Pastor, I will, I'm, I'm dying. I want to assure you, you will not die. You will live to declare the glory of Almighty God in Jesus' name. You say, but pastor, I have no man around. I have no one to help. No family member. I'm all alone. That's why I'm a loner. You know, life is a burden. You know, I'm frustrated. Why, why am I going through this? I want to assure you, you are not alone. He will make a way where there is no way in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be confident in God. The Bible says the people turn to God because he's the one that they depend upon. They have confidence in him and so look at this while they were doing this while they were praying verse 13 he says and all Judah stood before look at this look at this pay attention again i gave you an information before a secret please lay hold on that i said all the scriptures that i'm going to be giving you today they are god-centered so don't miss that because if you miss that you're going to miss the 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 the, the, the ingredients of what i'm trying to pass across verse 13. He says, and all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children, family, everybody come. Everybody, they, 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 they rang the bell, they called everybody. It was like everybody must assemble. We're going to God. We're going to his presence. We're going to his house. May I say this to you? Who do you acknowledge in the midst of your trouble? Who do you acknowledge? Who do you turn to? Whatever you are going through, sometimes some of us we turn to our friends, we turn to our husband, we turn to uh, our neighbors, we turn to our bank account, we turn to our, our family members, or sometimes you look to people. That, no, don't look onto any man. The Bible says, "Looking onto who? Jesus, the Author and the Finisher of our what? Of our faith. Man will disappoint you. Every man is limited. Praise the Lord. Every man is limited." even before you even call your pastor, call God first before you call your pastor. Because he's the, he's, the, he's the pastor that serves almighty God. So all of them, their children, their wives, the Bible says their little ones, they were in the presence of God. They, the Bible said they stood before the Lord. When was the last time you, you, you stood before the Lord? When was the last time you you stood in his presence, you waited on him and believing that God, I know I cannot pay my bills, but I trust you. Lord, I know the landlord is about to kick me out, but I trust you. Lord, I know the medication is very expensive, I cannot afford it, but I trust you. Oh Lord, I know the lawyers or the judge, they they are going to make a decision against me, but I trust you. Stand before the Lord. May I say this to you? When you stand before the Lord, it's an advantage for you. You remember the last time we talked about uh, 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 his, uh, um, um, Elijah when he was running away? And the angel of the Lord said to him, go and stand before the Lord. Can you imagine that? So we see the same secret is revealed here. When you stand before the Lord, it is it is a sign of confidence in him. It is a sign of believing upon him. It is a sign of trust in him. It's a sign of depending on him. It is a sign where you are saying, God, I humble myself and I'm waiting on you. And only you, O God, I trust. I trust in your character. I wait on your integrity. And God, I believe you will make it for me. I believe you can do it. So while they stood there, the Bible says, Then, then upon Jehaziah, the son of Zechariah, and the son of Benania, praise the Lord, the son of Jeriah, the son of Matania, a Levite of the son of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. So while they stood there in the presence of the Lord, they were waiting upon God. The Bible says this particular man, Jehaziel, the anointing, the spirit of God rested upon him. Right away he began to prophesy. Every time you wait on God, God will use someone that will speak into your life. Every time you wait on God, it is obvious it will give you an instruction. Every time you wait on God, it will give you a clear sense of direction. Any time you wait on God, it will give you a word that will open your eyes. Praise the Lord. So the word of the Lord came and he said, "Look at what he was saying now. The prophecy. He says, 'Harken you, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, thou king.'" Jehoshaphat, thus said the Lord unto you, be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but, but God's. Wow. Can you imagine? God is saying, now that you have demonstrated your confidence in me, now that you have revealed that you trusted me, now that you have let me know that the only hope that you have is me, and you stood in my presence you are waiting for me let me give you an answer Jehoshaphat said to the people now don't be troubled don't be afraid don't be dismayed don't be confused don't be anxious don't be fearful don't be depressed don't be traumatized don't allow them to to, to, to sort of like uh, uh, defeat your faith. He says, be not afraid, not dismayed by reason of this. Even God emphasized that they were a great multitude. May I say this to you? No matter how big the battle might be, God is bigger than the battle. No matter how strong, I used to say this, I am not afraid of Satan. Let me tell you one thing. The reason why I am not afraid of Satan is, listen to this now. It is because I am serving a God who is the creator of Satan. Do you understand me? Now, listen to me now. If you have a problem with me, we're having a fight. And my, my, my father came and says, he says, uh, don't worry. And, uh, I'll handle my son. Right away, that's the end of the battle. You're afraid of fighting me. Why? Because you, you know that I'm going to beat you up or something of the sort, but the moment my dad showed up and he says, you, you guys don't worry. He's talking to you now. He says, I will deal with him. He's my son. Right away, you know that, wow, the battle is already what? won and it's over so you should notice that no matter how powerful satan is he has a creator no matter how wonderful satan is he has an owner the owner of satan the creator of satan is almighty god and we are serving almighty god praise the Lord. there is no demon upon the face of the earth that could stand god he created them so he says don't be afraid don't be troubled of all of them all the gymnastics and all the things that they are doing and all the demonstration don't be afraid he says for the battle is not yours but god now let me let me go deeper and please if you are watching from africa or you are from africa you are used to warfare there are times when (laughs) take note. don't misunderstand me don't go and misinterpret me sometimes the warfare that will proclaim is as a result of fear and unbelief let me go over it again. Sometimes you proclaim warfare. Oh, in the name of Jesus, let us fight the devil. Let us fight. Oh, I believe in prayer. I believe in warfare. I believe in binding the devil. I believe in all these things. But most of the time, what you are doing, you are expressing fear. It's as a result of you being afraid that you are praying and you are binding the devil. Listen and listen well instead of you being afraid of the devil instead of you fighting and binding the devil take note now why won't you trust god and have confidence in him sometimes what you call warfare is an obstruction to your faith it's not faith oh i'm making warfare because sometimes you don't need to make warfare all that you need to do is to depend on the integrity of God, depend on the power of God, depend on the promises of God, depend on the character of God. And let me tell you, pay attention now. It is an insult for God to tell you, don't be afraid. I am in control. Don't be afraid. The battle doesn't concern you. It concerns me. I'm in charge. Then you leave God and go in front of the enemy and begin to fight. You know what you've done? you've exposed yourself to unnecessary casualty or battle. Sometimes we are the one that prolong the battle for ourselves. Why? Because you don't know the will of God. I'm talking this morning about confidence in God. When you have confidence in God, you will realize that there are some battles that you don't have to fight at all, at all, at all. Sometimes, when you realize the promises of God, you realize the instruction from God, you understand what God is saying, you discover that There is what we call sweatless victory. There's a breakthrough. There's a a provision. There's an opportunity. There's a miracle that is available that comes at ease. Why? Because of the faithfulness of God. But many of us are addicted to warfare. So even the time that you ought not to fight, you are fighting. So God sent an angel to bless you. say, "Who are you?" In the name of Jesus. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. What have you come to do? Ah, I chase you right now. The angel is saying, "Ah, no, 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 no. I'm not an enemy. I'm just a servant. Your father wants me to help." We are addicted to warfare. We are addicted to battle. And God is saying, "Be still and know that I am. I am God, not you." So please let it be the case wherein you have confidence in God. So, you know the will of God, you know the plan of God, you know whether it is time to fight or not. And these are the reasons why most times we all do this. Even me too. Sometimes we do the same thing. The moment they say, let us pray right now. Instead of bringing out the promises of God, instead of reminding God what he has said, instead of putting the scripture back to God, to attract God, you know what we're doing? We're attracting the devil. They say, let us pray. You're speaking the talks right away. Praise the Lord. And then, God is expecting you to bring a reason. Isaiah says, he says, bring forth strong reason. If God should answer you, what is the reason why God should answer you? What is the scripture that you know and understand? Praise the Lord. Look at this. God says to them, God is speaking now. In this battle, you say, you don't need to fight in this great battle. Or, he say, for the battle is not yours. Do you see that there? <laughs> Do you understand the language now? If you don't understand what I said, you don't need to fight in this battle. Look at your scripture again. Look at what it says clearly. Verse 15. It says, for the battle at the end. For the battle is not yours, but... God. This one doesn't concern you. Turn to your neighbor say it's not your business. Say mind your own business. There are things that God will do. There are things that you have to do and this one has to do with God. It doesn't concern you. So listen. If God says it's not yours. It doesn't concern you. It's my job and you take upon yourself to go fight trust me, you're going to get hurt. Many Christians have been defeated. Many Christians have been hurt. Why? Because they misunderstand the way of God. God says you don't need to fight. This doesn't concern you. Already you told me these are great multitude. And let me also tell you, these are also great multitude. You confirm they are great multitude. I also confirm they are great multitude, which means that you cannot deal with this battle. So, there are some battles that you ought not to fight because you cannot handle. So, God is saying, let me do it. Listen to this again. Let me do another analogy. If you know very well that you're going to fight the person and the person is going to beat you up, would you fight? Why won't you fight? Because it's obvious you know what the outcome is going to be. It's going to beat you up. I'll give you an example. If you understand your (laughs) body, let me reveal another secret to you. David and Goliath. I hear many Christians say, Oh, David killed Goliath. David killed Goliath. It's not in your Bible. David doesn't kill Goliath. He doesn't doesn't kill Goliath. He wasn't qualified to kill Goliath. He's not able to kill Goliath. David was a brat in the presence of Goliath. Do you know who killed Goliath? It was God that killed Goliath. (laughs) Do you understand? If you read that account carefully, you discover certain things. You discover that Goliath was not just an ordinary giant. He was also a spiritual giant. And he has demonic forces behind him that fight with him. That is why he said to David, he says, he you come against me with sling as if I'm a dog. He says, the Bible says that he cursed Goliath in the name of his God. So spiritually, he cursed David in the name of his God. So spiritually, the first thing that Goliath did was to try to win the battle in the realm of the spirit so while he cursed David in the name of his God if you read that account carefully you see that there the Bible says David in return he responded by saying you come against me also with weapons of this and that and David said I come against you in the name he invoked listen David now invoked God Almighty Goliath invoked his own gods David also invoked his own God so it was a battle of gods praise the Lord that is why the battle was so easy David just picked the sling and take five stone. J-E-S-U-S. Jesus. That was what he picked up. He picked up five stones. J-E-S-U-S. Jesus. So when he picked up those five stones and he matched up and confronted, he says, he said, you are circumcised. Philistice. I will deal with you in the name of my God. In the name of Yahweh. So he moved the sling, swing the sling and release that stone. J-E-S-U-S. Just one that moves and hit the man right there on the spot, and he dropped. Now, take note. The wisdom that David had was given to him by God. The sling that he had was given to him by God. The stone was created by God. Praise the Lord. The voice that he used to speak against Goliath was done by God. And the anointing that was upon the stone was that anointing of Jesus, that anointing of Jehovah, that moves and hit that man, the man fell. The only thing that David did was to run to to meet the man on the ground and cut off his head because the man was already there because he already said it. Praise the Lord. So it was God that killed Goliath on behalf of David. So we give God the glory. So look at this account now. He's saying you don't need to fight in this battle. It is not yours but God's. Whatever belongs to God, let him have the glory. Many of us want to glorify ourselves. Oh, I prayed the sick were here. Oh, uh, when I shouted the anointing fall. Oh, as soon as they called me. When I picked up the mic uh, and demon begins to manifest. uh, And when I open my mouth, uh, by the time I say fire, fire, fire. People were rolling on the floor. No, no, no. That is pride. That is arrogance. That doesn't glorify God. You are taking glory for yourself. You are advertising yourself. Look at it now. God is saying, I don't need you in this. You come to me, you explain yourself to me, and then, okay, fine. This shows that you are depending on me, you are believing me, you have confidence in me. Let me be. Talk to your neighbor, say, let God be. Say, let him have his way. Now, look at the instruction now, verse 16. It says, Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Zeus. And ye shall what? You shall find them at the end of the brook, before the wilderness of Jericho. Verse 17, you shall not, look at this again, the second time, the first one he says, I am concerned, it's my responsibility, don't try it. The second time he's saying, now look at it, you shall not need to fight in this, there are battles that you don't need to fight, have confidence in God, praise the Lord. You don't need to fight in this battle. What you have to do? set yourself and what? Stand still. This is the problem. Stand still. When the children of Israel confronted the Red Sea, and they don't know what to do again, on the left mountain, on the right mountain, the enemies were pursuing them, the Egyptians, right? And in front of them was the Red Sea. And they were complaining. And God said to Moses, what is in Diane? He said the road. He said, say to them, the Egyptians that you see today, you will see them no more forever. He said, be still and know that God. That word "be still means be quiet. That word "be still means just just stay calm. Relax. That is why I tell you confidence is the highest level of faith. And in my own assumption, confidence is more than faith. Because listen to this now. When you have confidence, you don't talk. When you have confidence, you don't trouble yourself. When you have confidence, you are not anxious. When you have confidence, you don't need to struggle whether you to believe or not believe. No, you already believe. You already believe. You already have the faith. So what you do? Look at the way my brother sits. He folds his hand. Confidence. Look at the way my sister sits. She crosses her leg. Confidence. Why are you sitting like that on that chair? It shows that you believe that the chair will not break down on you. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) So, when you came in this morning, do you have to pray? I pray that this chair will not break my hip. Oh Lord, don't let me fall. Oh Lord. Is that not what we do sometimes spiritually? God said, be still and know that I am God. You don't want to be still. Talk, 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 noisy Christians. Because that is what you are addicted to. That's number one. Number two, you don't want to understand the ways of God. You don't want to learn and see what God is capable of doing. You shall not need to fight in this particular, this battle. This battle. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the same thing again, it says in verse 15, it's the same thing. Specific for this battle, you don't need to deal with this. This one again, you don't need to handle it because it's all mine. Hallelujah. It says, what do you have to do? Set yourselves. Stand still. Stand you still. That is, become Wait on him. Be patient. Hallelujah. You stand still to see what? To see the salvation of the Lord with you. You will see the salvation. Salvation is holistic. Salvation is not just to be saved. Salvation also means deliverance. It means restoration. It means shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Praise the Lord. So you will see the salvation of the Lord with you. You see that? You will see the salvation of the Lord with you. It has to do with the presence of God again. It has to do with the manifestation of God with you. All Judah and Jerusalem, fear not. God is emphasizing again. Don't be afraid. The reason why a lot of people are not still is because they don't have confidence and they are afraid. Oh Lord, Look at what the enemy is doing. Oh, they are coming over. Oh, Lord, they said they will kill me. Oh, Lord, in fact, I just saw the letter. They said uh, I have six days to live. Oh, Lord, they just fired me. Oh, Lord, you are, you are believing and you are depending on what you can see physically and all the manipulation and the demonstration by the wicked one and you fail to see what God is doing. You remember Elijah and the servant? Elijah was busy sleeping. When the enemies came, praise the Lord, they surrounded him. And so, the Bible says the servant woke up before the man of God. He went out and saw them with armies. He was scared. He ran back in and woke up the master. He says, "Ah, if you see the enemies out there, oh my goodness, they've come for us. The man of God relaxed. He just stretched his eyes. Ah, Lord, open his eyes that he will see. (laughs) What was this man having? Confidence. He had confidence and he says, Sir, open his eyes that he will see. When his eyes were open, he saw there were chariots and angels, chariots of, of armies and soldiers and fire. And he says, "Ah!" He said, Oh my God! My God! He said, the, those who are for us, they are mightier and they are more than those who are against us. That was when he realized that, Wow, I don't need to be afraid anymore. Praise the Lord. He says, fear not! not be dismayed this is the second time he's emphasizing on this you remember the second time praise the lord fear not and don't be dismayed. he's using the same word again the second time you see that in verse 15 you see that now in verse 17 hallelujah fear not i mean in verse 18 praise the lord he says that you should not fear fear not not be dismayed Tomorrow, Go out against them for the Lord will be with you. Now, take note of the emphasis. It is the same thing he's repeating. You see, when God is making emphasis on something, he's repeating something, he wants you to get it. Number one, he says, don't fight. Don't fight at all. It doesn't concern you. You understand? Number two, he says, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. You see that in verse 15. You see that in verse 17. Number three, he says, the Lord is with thee. Can I go over it again? Same thing over and over. Number one is saying, you don't need to fight in this, but you, it doesn't concern you. What doesn't concern you doesn't concern you. You must learn that. Those are things that you must learn not to be doing. What doesn't concern you that concerns God, stay away. Or else you're hurting yourself and you are stopping God from working on your behalf. Number two, he says, fear not, don't be dismayed. He used the same language for emphasis. Fear not, don't be dismayed. So God is saying, never you have been afraid and never you have been discouraged. You get the point. And then the third thing he says, the Lord will be with thee. Go out, the Lord will be with thee. The Lord will be with thee. Go out, the Lord will be with thee. Hallelujah. Verse 18 and jehoshaphat look at what he did he said he bowed his head with his face to the ground and all judah and the inhabitants of jerusalem fell before the what a wonderful moment can you imagine that everybody have confidence now they have assurance they have hope see what they are doing they are worshiping god they prostrate in the presence of god they fell in the presence. i can't wait for those times a moment when you are so spiritually matured, when you have grown, you, are, you have the stamina to understand God and, and to have confidence in God and in his word and know the potential of God that when the enemy knocks at your door, you go home and you lay down and sleep. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I remember a story, a, a, a man of God had a demonic uh, encounter. Demon entered into his, his house, trying to shake shake out things. The man just got up from his dining chair and says, and uh, don't forget, when you are leaving, please close the door. He went to his bed and he slept. <laughs> Can you imagine that? The man spoke to the demon. He says, e- And don't forget, um, when you are leaving, close the door and uh, he went to bed. Bro, this if that demon appears now, even in the church, you see people, hey, they will be running. Why? Because of the spirit of fear that is there. But then believe they have faith. It's not faith, it's fear. God is saying, you don't need to break your head. I'm in charge. I will be with you. And Jehoshaphat, the Bible is head. The Bible says the people, they worship the Lord. And the Bible says, and the Levites of the children of the quartite and the children of the Korite praise the Lord. They stood up to praise. They stood up to, oh my goodness. This is confidence. Look, look up and look at me now, please. This time, there's no battle yet. Though. The enemy still exists. Do we get it? But what do they have they have confidence in the word of god they have confidence because they heard from god they have confidence in the integrity of god they have confidence in the promises of god god already said don't be afraid of course i'm not gonna be if god said don't be afraid what do you have to do they do did the exact thing they were celebrating now god says you don't need to fight so they said okay it's not time to fight let's celebrate god praise the Lord. god says he will go with us so if god says he's going to go with us we have a clear sense of direction. We know what to do. We know how to do it. So, what you have to do, your responsibility is exactly what they did to worship. For you are glorious and worthy to be praised the lamb upon the throne and on to you we lift our voice in praise the lamb upon the throne. one more time for you are glorious and worthy to be praised, the Lamb upon the throne, and unto you we lift our voice in praise. The Lamb upon the truth When was the last time you worshiped the Lord? When was the last time you spent time celebrating God in the midst of your necessity? In the midst of your battle and your constraints. In the midst of the demands of life. The Bible says, they worship the Lord. They praise the Lord. They worship the Lord. Verse 19, the Bible says, and then the Levites and the children of the Korites, of the children of the Korites, they stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Can you imagine that? Let me tell you something. The highest level of prayer is worship, praise, and worship. And the moment you do that, (laughs) the Bible says God is glorious in holiness, he's fearful in praises. Glorious in holiness, fearful in praises. If you want to see God in the most powerful state, worship him, praise him. He can kill somebody easily on your behalf. I'm telling you, I'm not kidding. God can easily destroy an entire city, an entire nation on your behalf just because of you when you are worshiping and praise God. When you worship and praise God, you attract God to move on your behalf. So the Bible says, they praise him with a loud voice. Verse 20, and they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Taqwa. Hallelujah. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me. O Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe the pro- his prophet socially prosper. Verse twenty one, and he and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed. Wow, look at this again. This man is smart. I love this leader. This leader is conscious. This leader he understood the ways of God. He appointed what singers unto the Lord, and that they should what they should praise the beauty. They should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army, and to say. Praise the Lord for his mercies. What? endure. Praise the Lord for his mercies. Endure it forever. For his mercies. Endure it. We praise the Lord. Oh. You see, look, 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 look. This kind of song is not what we see now in our times. In our times we see singers that go on the stage praise the lord and they are bluffing when they are singing they are showing us their nails and all their makeup the hangings the shaking the paintings and the rubbings that's what they're advertising or you see a young man go on the stage and what he's doing is demonstrating uh, you know no 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 it's not, it wasn't like that this one the song was to god praise who the lord Why? for god's mercies and for. God says, who's that? (laughs) My people, my people. He said, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. The Bible says God showed up in the midst of this. While they were praising God, they attract the wrath of God upon their enemies. While they were praising God, they attract the vengeance of God upon their enemies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says they went out before the army. They were praising God for His mercies and do it forever. And when they began to sing as and to praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushments. Can you imagine this? Who set the ambushment? No, Jehoshaphat. Who set the ambushment? The people. Who set the ambushment? Oh, they were doing it by themselves. Who set the ambushment? You see God in display here already told them i will go before you now god said ambushment against the children of amon moab and mount Seir, which were coming against judah and they were what they were smitten god is about to set divine ambushment against your enemies he's about to to crush them by the special grace of god verse 23 he says for the children of amon and moab They stood up against the inhabitants of Manseer, utterly to slay and to destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they were helped to destroy. This is what God is capable of doing. Just have confidence in him he causes the two particular tribes, Ammon and Moab, to join together to fight against the other people, Mount Seir. And then when they kill the people of Mount Seir, then he causes the people of Ammon and Moab to fight against themselves. So, listen now, listen, in the midst of this battle, Israel did not even lose a soldier. Can you imagine that? Why? Listen, if you go into a battle, tendency is I mean, it's obvious that you might lose a soldier. Am I right? But look at this. This was the battle that I told you about, sweatless victory. They don't, they don't lose a man. Not a blood was shed. No one was hurt. By the, time they, listen, by the time they got there, God already finished the battle. May I say it again? By the time they got to the battle, God already, <laughs> he already accomplished it you remember those times a moment when you when you acted by faith and confidence in God and before you got there they said oh well what's it for you everything is ready just sign the paper and you were shocked me how when they said oh, we know you were coming how, how how what you don't know is that the Lord had gone ahead of you praise the Lord so right there and then they realize wow what God has done is beyond their own strength they would not have done this by themselves. But see the way God did it. The Bible says, he utterly slay and destroy them. They kill themselves. God will make your enemy to be enemies among themselves in Jesus' name. And when Judah came towards, listen, listen now, they came towards the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, they as a chachakalele. The Bible says, they were dead bodies falling toward the earth, and I love this, none escape, none. No, no. Listen, there are some enemies you don't need to fight no matter how big they are. Just let God be. Not a single one will escape in Jesus' name. When you show up, you see, all that you see is what? Dead bodies. When you show up, all that you see is them falling to the ground. You'll be surprised. You say, I'm looking for an enemy. God says, ah, I finished them before you came. You're like, "Ah." but God, how did this happen? They killed themselves. Let them gather. If the gathering is not of God, the Bible says a thousand shall fall on your left side. Ten thousand will fall on your right hand side. And the Bible says they shall not come nigh thee. That is what God says. Praise the Lord. So the Bible says that they kill themselves. It didn't stop there. Now, take note. I'll, I'm trying to round up from this verse. Then I'll go to some other things. Hallelujah. The Bible says, and when Judah came, they realized that, ah, these people, they've already they destroyed themselves. Dead bodies, none escaped. I love verse 25. In the midst of the battle, also God made provision. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine this? That in the midst of the battle, God made provision. Can you imagine this? Look at it, verse 25. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, the Bible says, they found among them in what? In abundance, look at this, both riches and what? And with their dead body, they found both riches and what? Precious jewels, praise the Lord, which they stripped off from themselves. Hallelujah. More, look at this, more than they could carry away. They have more than they could carry away. Look, 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 it is stop there. The Bible says, and they were what? Three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. I ay, Aye. Aye, aye, yeah. God defeated their enemies. Not only that, the Bible says they spoil the wealth, the riches, the properties, and all the treasures, the jewel, precious jewels, and all that they have from their enemies, what they got from them. It took them three days, three good days, three good days. That shows you that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and what? forever. God is saying, I will reveal myself to you that I'm the same yesterday, I'm the same today, and I'm the same forever. So, they had three days of what? Harvesting. They were trying to gather. Can you, you know, I I can just, I'm just trying to perceive, you know, what it looks like for you to be gathering wealth for three days, which means that it was beyond what you can handle. That is why the Bible says, it took them three days and not only that, beyond that, it was so much. So much. It was so much. God will give you that so much that you are trusting him for in Jesus' name. God will give you that which you by yourself, you will not be able to finish it. The resources of God is far beyond your comprehension. It's far beyond what you are capable of handling. Praise the name of the Lord. It is too big. Bigger than what you thought about. Hallelujah. And the Bible says God glorify himself. God delivered his people. May I say this to you? What we need this end time, these last days, is confidence in God. God is looking for, I'm not talking, I said it again, I'm not talking about just faith or mere faith, no. Confidence is the highest level of faith, and to me, again, confidence is beyond faith. The reason why I'm saying this is because to have faith, when the Bible says have faith, is to try to believe and to trust God. But when we talk about confidence, you already believe, you already have faith, you just what, you are relaxing, hoping for things to happen. Did you get it now? Now look at what the book of Hebrews says. The Bible says that we must not cast our confidence away. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 to 37. Let's begin to play with the scriptures now. Hallelujah. Hebrews, thank you, Lord. I hope I bless you this morning. Hebrews, are we there? Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10. Are we ready? Are you there? Hebrews chapter 10, 35 to 37. He says, For ye had compassion of me. Hallelujah. I'm just going to make sure that I'm reading. Yes. For ye had compassion of me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourself that ye have in heaven, look at this, ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Praise the Lord. Verse 35 says, cast not away therefore your confidence don't throw your confidence away don't throw your confidence hey pastor if you know what i'm going through i'm not coming to church again you see i don't force people to come to church no if you're waiting for pastor to call you to come to church hey well ah why won't you come can you come to church oh please uh, we want you to come no we don't beg people to come to church we tell you where we are. If you want, you come. If you want, don't come. We we can really easily identify who you are by that. Praise the Lord. If you know who God is to you, nobody need to force you to come to God. Nobody need to force you to come to church. Nobody need to. Your boss never called you and say, "Are you coming to work today?" No, you run today to your ah oh yeah yeah. You know, if you don't go there, you can't pay your bill. They will fire you. They will kick you off. You don't disrespect your boss like that. You don't dishonor them. When they give you a job, you see that as an opportunity. You are running, even when it is snowing. Look at the time now. The weather is changing. It's getting colder. You know, every day by day, we're getting to, to, to the winter now, even though it's fall, but it's still cold. Most of us still go to work. You don't get up in the morning and say, oh my goodness, oh my gosh, it's too cold. I'm not going to work today. In fact, I'll call my boss and I'll tell him, oh, excuse me, sir, I could not make it Why? because the place is cold. Oh, excuse me, ah, it's raining outside. I can't come. No, you, you don't dare try it. Am I right? Now look at the word of God. It says, cast not away therefore your confidence, which at great recompense of reward. Your, your confidence will bring you fruit. Your confidence will be a reward to you. Oh, Pastor, I can't pray, you know, because uh, I, I'm just I'm just mad at God. Why will God allow na 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 na. Why will God na na na? Why will nanana? Unnecessary question you are asking that you're not supposed to ask. Your logic, your philosophy, your thought about God or the things of God is so ungodly. Oh, you know, I don't feel like going to church anymore. And hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm doubting. You know, I don't feel like giving money or tight anymore. You know, I was watching a man of God that says we shouldn't pay tight anymore. Oh, I was watching a man of God that said we should not pray anymore. Oh, I was watching another one that said holiness is not necessary. Oh, I was watching another one that said we should not have faith. Hey, it's a burden. Hey, all those nonsense that you're talking is because you don't know God. If you really truly know God, you will have confidence in him. You trust him. You depend on him. Listen to to this. The winter is coming now. The weather is changing. It is not science that controls the weather condition. Am I right? Who is in charge? When it is spring, spring will show up. When it is summer, summer will show up. When you plant the seed, God will cause you to have an harvest. It is just natural principle. And you think those natural principles are just physical. They are spiritual. They obey the ordinances. Even nature is subject to the instruction of God. The moon and the stars, they obey the command and the instruction of God. And you as human, you're giving excuses. Satan, the Bible says, he believed God, he fears God, and the Bible says, he trembles. Can you imagine? Satan trembles at God and at the word of God. And you, as a human being, you cross your leg on your table and you're giving excuses regarding God or regarding the things of God. That's why I said, we don't bother with people like you. Come to church or don't come to church. No. Pray for me or don't. No. You want to be a prayer collector? You will collect until you end up in hell. Build up yourself. Develop yourself so that you, you train yourself so that you have that confidence and assurance in God and begin to act upon the word of God. For too many years, you've been babysitted. You've been babysitted. Oh, come, let me pray for you. Oh, sister, God will help you. Oh, brother, no, those days are gone. Already, we are almost at the end time. Look at what is happening in our world today. Look at the news. And until today, you cannot believe God. Until today, you cannot trust God. Until today, you cannot depend on God. No wonder you've been deceived. Today, they pour oil on you. Tomorrow, they will give you cold water. The other day, they will give you Coca-Cola. The other day, they will tell you, bring salt and sugar. The other day, they will tell you, bring uh, garlic. And you know, put this under your... All those nonsense rituals and, and witchcraft and demonic practices is what they are bringing into the church. All because you fail to improve your faith and have confidence in God. So anyone can come and try to misuse or deceive you it says casting not your confidence away which has great recompense of reward don't cast your confidence away your confidence is important your confidence is very vital. Your confidence is a weapon of war. Your confidence is useful at the time of need. Your confidence is an instrument for excellence. Your confidence empowers you to act by faith in God. Your confidence will cause you to be healthy and wealthy. Your confidence is the shield of faith, against fear, and against the activities of the enemy. Your confidence is that anchor of victory. You have believed God, and you have that assurance, and you say, God will not lie. If I live, I live for God. If I die, I die for God. Whether I live or I die, to God be the glory. My confidence doesn't change. It doesn't fail. I believe God. I believe God. You remember Paul, in the book of Acts, I think Act 26 or 27. The Bible says they were in the storm. The people were afraid for their lives. The Bible said they could see no sun, no moon, no stars doth appear. But Paul said one thing. He says, I am confident that there shall be no loss. There shall be no loss. Why? He said, as it was told me. The angel of the Lord said to him, no one will die. They were believing that they will die. Paul is the only one among them that believed that no one will die. And because of Paul's faith, the Bible says no one dies. No one lost their lives. Why? He had confidence. We had confidence in Almighty God that he will not fail. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. Am I blessing you this morning? Are we there? He says, and this is the confidence that we have in him. Do you have that confidence? Do you have that confidence, brother? Do you have that confidence, sister? Do you have that confidence to obey God? Do you have that confidence to live a holy life? Do you have that confidence to be faithful? Do you have that confidence to be pure? Do you have that confidence to live in and by faith, depending and believing God? Now they are telling you about theory and science, and so what they are trying to do, they are trying to, to sort of like uh, 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 destroy your faith. That you should not have faith in God anymore and God doesn't exist now you believe in science you believe in medicine you believe in uh, psychology you believe in philosophy what about believing God what about your confidence in God he says this 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 is the confidence that we have do you have it we have this confidence in who not in science not in philosophy We have this confidence in him, that him there is Jehovah, Yahweh, Almighty God. What is the confidence about? That if we ask anything, that if we ask anything, anything that is in accordance to the will of God, anything according to his will, anything that is God's plan, anything that is in God's word, if we ask anything, what does the Bible say? He heareth us. God will hear you in Jesus' name. I'm not afraid. You see, many times you're suspecting God. Oh, pastor, what if God doesn't hear? Or what if God doesn't answer? Or what if it doesn't work? It shows you, you don't, don't even pray. Don't even try it. Because you don't have the faith. You don't have confidence in God. The Bible says a double-minded man or woman is what? Unstable in his or her ways. The Bible says, let no man, let that person, doesn't ever think that he will receive from God. But this confidence is that whatever we ask, That is according to his will don't forget that instruction if it is according to his will the bible says he will hear in the name of the lord jesus christ in the name of the lord jesus christ i pray that god will enable you so that you be at the center of god's will in jesus name philippians chapter one verse six and seven god can be trusted god is reliable god is faithful god is trustworthy god is dependable god is true god will never fail thank you lord philippians hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Are we there? Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 and 7. It says, being confident of this very thing. You see that very thing there, the emphasis? Being confident of this very thing. What is the very thing? That The very thing is that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it. Can you imagine this? God who had begun a good work in you, the Bible says he will perform it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine this? It says, even as it is meet for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. Praise the name of the Lord. So, in other words, he's saying that we must have that assurance. We must have that confidence in God that he who has begun a good work in us. He says he will do it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The Bible says in the book of Romans, I think it's 32 or 36, I can't even remember. But in Romans chapter 8, he says, God who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How can he not also with him freely give us all things can you imagine that in other words god is saying let me take you to the highest level if i cannot spare myself as a human as a son but put myself on the cross is there anything else that i cannot do for you may i say this to you the bible says greater love and no man than this for a man to lay his life for a fellow man so if a man can go to the cross and die for you is there anything else he has given all that he had and the highest that he had and the best which is his life so is there anything else that he cannot do no why are you afraid? Have confidence in him. The Bible says he came that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. The Bible says he became rich, uh, became poor, that you might become rich. The Bible says he became sin for us who knew no sin, that you might become the righteousness of God in Christ. The Bible says he died so that you may live. He became the sacrifice so that you will be saved. What else do you want God to do for you? Why won't you have confidence and assurance in God? Confidence keeps your heart, confidence keeps your health, confidence causes you to be steadfast and settled. Confidence is, is, is the key that opens everybody to prosperity, to, to, to abundance, to victory, to breakthrough, just like we saw. Uh, we just read from the book of um Chronicles. At the end, because of their confidence in God, listen to this now, they did not just only win the battle, they won the battle, but not only that, the Bible says they were, they, they, were, they were blessed. God blessed them with a whole lot of things beyond what they ever thought about and they have more than enough and they have to gather the spoil for how many days? Three good days. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We should not allow the affairs of this life to suffocate our faith in God. We should not allow the circumstances to threatening our trust in God. Hallelujah. We should not allow the difficulties and difficult moments to cause us to forget about God's promises and begin to doubt the integrity of God. We should be steadfast. And let me say this to you as I, as I try to bring you two points and then we we'll begin to pray. There are two major things that you are concerned about. Number one, you are concerned about your welfare your well-being in this life that has to do with you are concerned about your health you are concerned about your life you are concerned about wealth you are concerned about your family you're concerned you're concerned about your purpose in life you are concerned about your livelihood all of these things has to do with both your 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 well-being or your welfare praise the Lord. but let me say this to you if you read the bible carefully you discover that even with that god made more than enough provision There was a time in the book of Matthew chapter 19 verse 27 when the disciples among them, Peter, that was the head. He asked Jesus a question that I want us to take a look at. Matthew chapter 19 verse 27. If you are concerned, there was people who were much more concerned than you. Matthew chapter 19. Are we there? (laughs) Let's see the question that Peter asked Jesus. Can you imagine this? He was concerned about his welfare, his well-being. And the well being of others. Are we ready for this? Are you are you there? Verse 27 19 27. What does it say? Hallelujah. Let's let's take it from 20 um, 27. 27. He said, then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all. We have forsaken all. Do you see that there? Peter is So we've left everything we've left houses we've left cars we've left business we've left everything sir to serve you we are committed we are faithful we are loyal we are serious oh we are disciplined oh we, we've already pledged our allegiance to serve you but sir what are we going to get in return this is one of the reasons why some people are scared to come to church, scared to be committed, scared to, to, to surrender, scared. He said, hey, If I leave that man now, who is gonna pay my rent to pay my bills and take care of my life? Oh, if I live this kind of lifestyle now, who is gonna be responsible? How am I gonna make it? Oh, if I if I don't do this, if I don't do that, it, it means that you don't have confidence in God, you don't trust God, you believe in that man, you believe in that business, you believe in that job, you believe in that that lifestyle that you think will sustain you. But look at it now. He says, and the 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 the, the man actually. Jesus. He says, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? What? And look at verse 28. Jesus is responding. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the generation, hallelujah, in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, Ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Verse twenty nine and everyone that had forsaken houses, you see that there? And brethren, you see that there? And sisters, or fathers, or mothers, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake you let go of all these things for God's sake to serve God. To live for God, to please God, to obey God, to do His will. The Bible says, "Shall receive a what and hundredfold." Now, take note: something specific. He shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be what first. And then, in another account, also, he says, "You shall receive an hundredfold in this life and in the life to come, both." both in this life and in the life to come god is trustworthy god is reliable praise the lord that is why the bible says something in the book of matthew chapter 6 verse 25 matthew chapter 6 verse 25 let's go there look at the admonishment of jesus so if you're worried about oh my well-being my welfare how am i going to live in this life things are hard these days things are difficult now look at the amount they pay you look at the wages that they give you, consider that and, and the bills that you have to pay. and Look at the mortgage or the rent these days in the city of Toronto. They pay you and then before you know you are only left with chicken change. You have to pay bills, you have to pay your rent, you have to pay mortgage. You, you are just surviving. You are just surviving. So why won't you let go and begin to live by faith? Have confidence in God so that you don't live among those who are called survivors and hustlers, but you live as a child of God. Live as a child of God. Look at it, verse 25. Matthew 6 from 25. Let's see. What does it say? It says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought of your life. What you shall eat. That is what is breaking your head. What you shall drink. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yet for your body. Oh, my goodness. Ah, I, I need an issue. I need clothes. I need to buy a car. I need to buy this. I need to build that. I need to do that. It says, what you shall put on. is not the life more than meat. Did you see that there? It's a question that we ought to answer. Your life is much more important than the bag that you're going to go break your head for 500, 600. Your life is much more important than the car that you want to buy or, or the dress that you want to buy. Praise the Lord. Is not the life more than what? The meat and what? The body than raiment. You're following after the mundane things, perishable things, things that are on this earth that, that are vanity. That, in fact, if you die today, that's it. You cannot take them anywhere. I was talking about how to to develop your spiritual life personally on Friday. If you don't invest in your spiritual mind, at the end, that is what is going to appear in eternity. You appear before God a broke man, a broke woman, like a pauper. Why? Because you never pay attention to your real, true identity, which is your spirit. 26. Behold the fires of the air, for they saw not. Neither do they reap nor gather unto burns. Yet your heavenly father can you imagine that your heavenly father feeded them? Praise the Lord! Hallelujah! Your heavenly father feeded them. Are you not much more better than they? Are you not better than the birds that God takes care of? Verse 27 Look at this. Is a very vital question that Jesus is asking Which of you, by taking thoughts? Can add one cubit onto your stature. That is why you are having heart attack, high blood pressure. You are worried about tomorrow. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Oh, hey, hey. How can I take care of my children? How can I take care of myself? Oh my wife. Oh my children. Oh my, my, my husband. Oh, you are worried unnecessarily. Worried about things that you ought not to be worried about. You cannot add a cubit to your heart. 28 says, He says, and why take ye thoughts for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow. They tall not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto them, or unto you, sorry, that even Solomon in all his glory was not a like one of these. Verse 30. He says, Wherefore, if God, take note, I like this, I like this. Please pay attention to this. If God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith. Can you imagine? If God would take care of those things, how much more you? Can you imagine Jesus is asking us this question? That is why the Bible says, you are more than than what? The sparrows that are out there. You are precious. You are more valuable than all these things. Verse 31. It says, therefore, take no thoughts, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed for after all these things do the gentiles seek for your heavenly father knoweth that you have look at this this is why i brought you here very very important he says your heavenly father look at this Know it that ye have need of all of these. Even God knows that you have need of all of these. But God is saying, don't pay attention to that. Don't break your head about it. Don't trouble. Don't frustrate yourself over those things. I know you have need of it. You are going to have them. And how are you going to have them? 33 says, but seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things shall be what? He told you not to worry about them. But also, he revealed the theory, the, 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 the principle as to how those things are going to come. He says, I am going to add them. But how is this going to happen? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. These things shall be added. Therefore, he says, take therefore no thoughts for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thoughts for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You see, Jesus at the end, he said, there is so much evil out there. So, the more you begin to break your head running around, if you're not careful, you're going to end up running yourself into what? Evil wrong things. So what is the assurance that Jesus is giving us? That we should not worry. We should not be troubled. We should not be anxious. What is the assurance that Jesus is giving us concerning our welfare? What is the assurance? The assurance is in Philippians chapter 4 verse number 6 to 7. Philippians 4 verse 6 to 7. Look at the assurance that Jesus gave to us. Regarding our life and the things that we need and, and what we're going through. Oh, Pastor, I'm trouble. Oh, I'm confused. If you know my need uh, or what I'm going through, relax. Turn to your neighbor say, Relax. Let God have His way. Philippians chapter 4. Are we there? Verse 6 and verse 7. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and verse 7. It says, Be careful for nothing. Don't break your head don't get frustrated don't feel disappointed don't don't allow yourself to be traumatized he says be careful for nothing what is nothing please concerning shoes i'm not worried concerning clothing i'm not worried concerning the house i'm not worried concerning food i'm nothing don't break your head when he says be careful for nothing means nothing hallelujah but in everything, now, now he's telling you what you should not be careful for. That is, don't be trouble about nothing. But then he says, "What are you going to do with everything?" In everything, by what prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto who? Unto who? Almighty God. So what God is saying, Jesus is is clear. Like what he says, seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Here he's saying now, whatever the case might be, the advice or the admonishment Jesus is saying. Go to God in prayer, praise the Lord, and after praying, just hand over, that is the supplication, and then begin to thank God. That is what? Confidence. You see that there? With prayer and what? Supplication with thanksgiving. The reason why you give thanksgiving is because you are confident that after you've prayed, God will what? Answer. He will make a way. So that is the confidence we're talking about. You walk out in confidence and you believe that it is done in the name of Jesus Christ. With, uh, psalm 84, verse 11. Psalm 84, verse 11. We're still dealing with the assurance cons- uh, uh, about our concern. The assurance about our concern. Oh, I'm so concerned about my children. Who oh, are so concerned about that? Don't worry. Relax. God is in complete control. Praise the Lord. Psalm 84, psalm 84. Just teach them the way of the Lord. And make sure you are the center of God's will. Psalm 84 verse 11. I love this. I love this. It says, for the Lord God is a son and shield. Do you see that there? God is a son and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Do you see that there? That is to say, number one, God is going to provide. Number two, I mean, number one, God is going to protect. He's going to protect. Praise the Lord. That is, the Lord is the sun and the shield. Hallelujah. Protect and preserve. Number two, the Lord will give grace and glory. That is to say, ah, this is deep now. Ah, God, I don't have enough time to explain this. But look at two things that look alike, but they are uniquely different. Grace and glory. Grace is to enable you to do what you cannot do. You understand? Glory is to empower you to do what you can do or what you should do. So, grace and glory means that there is both preservation and provision at the same time. Do you get it now? Praise the Lord. Grace empowers you to do what you cannot do. And then glory empowers you to do what you ought to do. So, he will give you grace and glory. But it didn't stop there. It becomes more beautiful at the end. He says, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk how uprightly. Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusted in thee. That is, blessed is the man that have confidence in thee. Imagine God is saying, no good thing. No good thing. No good thing. So listen to me. The Bible says God will not withhold you from having a house. He will not withhold you from having a car. He's not going to stop you from buying the best shoe. He's not going to stop you from buying the best clothes. He's not going to stop you from buying the best this, the best that. All the best that you are aiming for, you are believing for, he's able, he's capable. He can provide them for you. He's not going to stop you from having them. But what he's saying, back to Matthew uh, 6.33, it's the same thing he's referring here. Look at what he's saying in verse 12. He said, the Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that was trusted in thee. Do you have the confidence to depend on him? So this particular verse is so overloaded. There is protection, there is provision, there is empowerment, there is grace, there is glory. Then the Bible says, no good thing. Have you ever thought about this? Anything that is good. Money is good. So God is not going to stop you from having money. But don't put money in front of God. No. Go to God and have confidence in God. Then money will come. Go to God, have confidence in God. Then prosperity will come. Go to God and keep your trust and your confidence in God. Then victory will come. Healing will come. Deliverance will come. Don't take those things and put them in front of God or put them before the face of God and then you put God behind. That is where the battle is. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. No good thing will be come from you. In the book of Luke, chapter 12, verse 33, it says the same thing there. In the book of Luke, chapter 15, verse 31, it reminds me about the prodigal son, Luke, chapter 15, 31. The Bible says they were breaking their head. The younger one wasted the property and the wealth of the father, and then he came back home. And then the older one was complaining and angry because of what the younger one has done, praise the Lord. And then eventually, look at what happened. Both of them were complaining. And most of them are are waiters. So two of them are both prodigals. It was not the youngest one that was just a prodigal. The one at home was also a prodigal. The one that left was a prodigal. How do I know? The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 15 verse 31, he was complaining and murmuring, he was jealous and bitter. And then the father said, he said, you've been with me for what? Like forever. He says, but all that I have is yours. When I read that, I was baffled in my mind. So the father was telling him that, you don't have to compare yourself with your brother. You don't have to be jealous. You don't have to break your head. No, do you have to misbehave like him. But that is exactly what you're doing. But let me reveal this to you. Whatever that I have is yours. Can you imagine that? Luke 15, 31. It says, all that I have is yours. Imagine God is telling you that all that he has belongs to you. Praise the name of the Lord. You are concerned about Your well-being, I want you to know that all that God has is yours. So you don't need to break your head regarding your well-being. That has been settled and the assurance from God is that all that he has belongs to you in Jesus' name. And he will not withhold any good thing from you in Jesus' name. He will see you through in Jesus' name. And let's look at the last concern. The last concern is about the challenges and the difficulties that we go through in life. The challenges the difficulties that we go through in life that is the second concern and the last concern the Bible says in the book of 2nd Chronicles chapter um, 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 20 that God said to them that the battle is not yours God is saying this is my responsibility this is what I'm gonna do praise the Lord if you look at this account carefully you see verse 12 you see verse 15 you see verse 17 All of that was pointing towards trusting God, depending on God. And God was saying to them, trust me, be not afraid, be not dismayed. The battle is not yours. And he says, you don't need to fight in this battle. These are the words that were there in those verses. Verse 12, verse 15, verse 17. He says, the Lord will be with you. In other words, God is saying, I am in charge of everything. Everything is in my care. Imagine you walk out there and somebody says, I will take you out for lunch. He says, it was lunch. Who are you? He says, don't worry. And then he says, I'll take you out. He says, uh, then, uh, I want to know you first before you take me out. Who are you? He says, uh, uh, My name is Adolphus, and the last name is Mavi John, and I'm a millionaire. Ha ha ha. Right. <laughs> the moment I say I'm a millionaire, he says, Really? You begin to doubt. Not until you see my car, you realize, wow. And then when I said let's go in, you are like, this guy is my oh, she's wonderful. By the time we we'll move out of the driveway, already you've all, you've had that what confidence and assurance. Now imagine if I walked into that restaurant now, bro. When we sit there, then I said, uh, you can choose whatever you want. Will you doubt me? Yeah, some people will still doubt. You know what? They still doubt. Da- they have no confidence. <laughs> they still don't have confidence. But not until after you finish eating. You say, oh, well, I want this, I want that, and that. And he says, don't worry, everything is on me. The bill is on me. Don't break your head, I'll do it. I'll do it. It's on me. And then you realize, I bring out my gold card. And you're like, wow, this guy. Is he said, pastor, you're not worthy. I say, I'm, I'm rich today." I say, don't worry, don't worry, everything is on me. And then after the lunch, I give you a check of ten thousand dollars. Ah, the next day, if I call your phone, trust me, <laughs> you pick it up right away. You not allow it to ring the second time, right? Because you say, This guy, ha! Ah, the way he blessed me, the way he helped me. May I say this to you? God is a fighter. Whatever you are worried about, the second issues that that troubles us the most is because of the challenges that we go through in life. The challenges, the hard times, the battles, the confrontations, the attacks. And these are things that I want you to have assurance in. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, God emphasized the same thing again to the children of Israel. That they don't need to fight in the battle, but that they ought to hold their peace. The Bible says then God will deliver them. In Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 to verse 8, the same thing again. God said to them that he will deliver them. He will deliver them from the Egyptians. He will set them free. And he will bring them to the land of, of promise in the name of the Lord Jesus. So may I say this to you, beloved? Don't be afraid. One more time. I'll say it again. Don't be what? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Trust God. Depend on God. Look at it. Exodus chapter 6, second to last verse. Exodus chapter 6. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah after all they are going through all the 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 the, the slavery and the the attack from the egyptians look at it exodus chapter six verse six to verse eight see what god said to them god was reminding them about his promise he says wherefore say unto the children of israel i am the lord you see that again he's putting himself there in the midst of the situation i will bring you out from under the burden of the egyptian do you see that there i will read you out of their bondage, do you see that there again? Then he says, "I will do. De- I will redeem you with a stretched-out arm." Do you see that again? And with great judgment, what do you see there? Four times he says, "I will, I will, I will, I will, I will." Verse number seven, he says, "I will take you to me for a people." That is number four. Number five, I mean number five. Number six, he says, "And I will be to you a God." And ye shall know, God is saying, "I will be to you a God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will pray that the Lord will open our eyes to understand that no matter what we go through in this life, you shall not allow your confidence to be taken away from you in Jesus' name. That confidence is the strength that you need. In Joshua chapter 1, last verse. Joshua chapter 1. Hallelujah. Let's see verse number 9 when God was speaking to Joshua. And we're going to pray. We're going to say, God, I depend on you. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. No matter what I feel or what I go through, Lord, I believe. No matter what they are saying and whatever the world is saying, I believe. Joshua chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. God was speaking to Joshua. and Joshua tend to be in a dilemma and look at what God says. God told him to be strong and be very courageous in verse 6. Praise the name of the Lord. We're going to go to verse 9. And then the Bible says, God says he will give them the inheritance of the land that he has sworn unto them. And verse 7, God also come back and say, Only be thou strong and be very courageous, that uh, thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee, turn not from the right, nor from the left. The Bible says that thou mayest prosper, whithersoever thou goest. He says, For this book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein he says then for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success but look at verse 9 is why i brought you here after all that god has said to him god reintegrate his word again he said this to joshua he says have i not commanded thee do you see that there? god is god is such a sweet a wonderful smart god God tell him be courageous, be courageous, be very courageous. Only be strong and of good courage, Joshua. But God knew very well that in as much as Joshua understood what he was saying, God is saying, let me impound my energy. Let me, let me, let me enforce what I have said. He says Joshua, he says, he says, what have I not commanded? You? What is it again? What is it that God has commanded him to be? What strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. You see that same word again? For the Lord thy God is what? Is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Did you see that? He said, we will jail you. Don't mind them. God already says, be courageous. Be courageous. Be very courageous. Be strong and of a good courage. Then he comes now and says, did I command you to be strong and be courageous? He says, I will go with you with wherever you go. Be not dismayed. Be not afraid. I will be with you. So the enemy may come and tell you oh no it's never going to work oh no it's too hard for you yes to me it's too hard yes in your eyes it's as if it's never going to work oh yes I feel the pain oh yes oh the doctor said it's still there oh yes oh yes uh, they, they, they said you're fired uh, they, they gave you the termination letter oh yes the landlord give, gave you an, a, an eviction notice oh you are reading it but yet in the midst of all of that God is coming back to say to you didn't I told you did I not told you in other words did I not con- God is saying, remember, didn't I commanded you to be what? To be strong and of good courage. Hallelujah. In other words, God is saying, whatever I have been saying over and over and over again, remember it and hold on. Don't be discouraged. Keep your confidence in God. Keep your confidence in God. It's like what God was saying to Joshua. So God is saying the same thing to you again. I told you. I told you. I told you so. Over and over again. And I'm telling you again. And I'm telling you again. Don't cast away your confidence. Believe me. Trust me. Hope in me. Have confidence in me. I will not fail. I will heal you. I will deliver you. I will save you. I will provide for you. I will promote you. You are going to settle. You are going to be delivered. It is going to be well with you. You know, it reminds me of a song that we used to sing in those days. It says, I'm a warrior. I'm your leader. Do not fear. I'm your warrior. I'm your leader. Do not fear. Believe me. I'm your pillar of fire. I'm your warrior. I'm your leader. Do not fear. So when you go through the storm, this is a song that you should be singing. I'm your warrior. I'm your leader. Do not fear. I'm your warrior. I'm your leader. Do not fear. Oh, believe me. I'm your pillar of fire. Oh, I'm your warrior. I'm your leader. Do not fear. One more time. I'm your warrior do not god is your leader oh i'm your warrior i'm your leader do not fear so believe me i'm your pillar of fire oh i'm your warrior i'm your leader one more time for the last time i'm your warrior i'm your leader do not fear so i'm your warrior i'm your leader do not fear oh believe me i'm your pillar of fire Oh, I'm your warrior. If I, let's pray with that song. Let's pray with that song. I'm your warrior. I'm your warrior. I'm your leader. Do not fear. Yes, Lord. I'm your warrior. I'm your leader. Do not fear. So, believe me. I'm your pillar of fire. Oh, I'm your warrior, I'm your leader, I'm your warrior, I'm your warrior, I'm your leader, I'm your warrior, Lord, I'm your warrior, I'm your leader. Do not God is saying to you, believe me, I'm your pillar of fire. Oh, I'm your warrior, I'm your leader be confidence in god is your warrior i'm your warrior i'm your leader it doesn't matter what the enemy is saying i'm your warrior i'm your leader do not fear oh believe me i'm your pillar of fire oh i'm your warrior one more time again oh i'm your warrior lord i'm your warrior i'm your leader Warrior, warrior, I'm your warrior, I'm your leader, do not fear. So, believe me, I'm your pillar of fire. Oh, I'm your warrior, I'm your leader. Oh, I'm your warrior. To see the Lord, I'm your warrior. Oh, I'm your warrior. I'm your warrior. I'm your leader. There are angels everywhere. Believe me, I'm your pillar of fire. Oh, I'm your warrior. I'm your leader. Oh, I'm your warrior. I'm your warrior. Leader do not fear. So believe me, I'm your pillar of fire. Oh, I'm your warrior. yeah Oh, I'm your warrior. Yeah, la bashonda la ba ya la ya. I'm your warrior, I'm your leader, do not. So believe me, I'm your pillar of fire. Oh, I'm your warrior. Oh, I'm your warrior, I'm your warrior, I'm your leader. God is saying to you, I'm your warrior, I'm your leader, do not fear. So believe me, I'm your pillar of fire. Oh, I'm your warrior, I'm your leader. Oh, Lord says, I'm your warrior, warrior, I'm your leader. Holy Ghost says, I'm your warrior leader jesus said believe me believe me i'm your pillar of fire oh i'm your warrior i'm your warrior warrior i'm your leader zantala oh, galea believe me i'm your pillar oh i'm your warrior sing it with life i'm your warrior warrior i'm your leader oh warrior 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 i'm your leader hey believe me i'm your pillar of fire oh i'm your warrior life life warrior 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 the bible says uh, the children of israel praise the lord jehoshaphat they praise the lord and god go ahead and fight for them praise the lord deliver me i'm your pillar yeah i'm your warrior oh i'm your warrior warrior i'm your leader hey warrior 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 i'm your leader jehovah says believe me i'm your pillar of fire oh i'm your warrior Holy Ghost is the warrior. Warrior, I'm your leader. La da da ya baya saga baba Do not fear. Oh, believe me, I'm your pillar of fire. Oh, oh, I'm your warrior, I'm your leader. King Jesus says, I'm your warrior, your leader. The Father says, I'm your warrior, a leader. Holy Ghost says, believe me, I'm your pillar of fire. Oh, I'm your warrior oh i'm your warrior warrior i'm your leader do not fear jadelia warrior i'm your leader hey, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 believe me i'm your pillar of fire oh i'm your warrior i'm your leader oh i'm your warrior 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 i'm your leader i will fight for you believe me of fire oh I'm your warrior Jesus says I'm your warrior warrior I'm your leader Yahweh is a warrior warrior I'm your leader Jehovah says believe me believe me I'm your pillar warrior warrior I'm your warrior 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 Jesus is my warrior, warrior. Holy Ghost is my warrior. Believe me, I'm your pillar of fire. Oh, I'm your for the last time, yeah, 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 yeah. Warrior, warrior, I'm your leader. I'm your warrior. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'm your pillar of fire. Oh, I'm your warrior lift up your voice and worship the lord we thank you we bless your name hallelujah we worship you lord we celebrate your power we celebrate your might we celebrate your glory lord you are a god of fire you are a god of power Talaba, Michaladagé Sakariamadou, Mamrebé de Villabalabara, il est de Saraba, de Saraba, daraba de la, il daraba la bataille, j'ai Baba, 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 Let's hear a lot. Jacques Terry Basso Robot, he's a lot of the Bala Jagabalaga Bala Janteribas Robo Cote Bibi Ababa Baba. You're a lot of the people that are in the carabanderibo Pabaria We worship you, Lord. We praise you. We give you glory, Lord. We give you honor, Lord. We adore you, Lord. We worship you. We thank you, Jesus. Great is your faithfulness. You are the all-sufficient God. You are the all-powerful God. You are faithful in all your ways. There is no one to be compared to you. You are great in your majesty. We We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We bless your name. We praise you, God. We say holy is your name. My God, you are faithful. My God, you are excellent in all your ways. Zanturibi, papriam, manika, Lalaba. labah Je terebe, soufra, banteriboh. Kabra, delele. I terebe, barra, labanteresh. Lenguram, na na da-labahye. I sobruma, nanana, 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 ye I toi, ike, labadan, derebe, soufra, Ne Nerebe, babalabante, rebe, we surrender every battle to your worship. We surrender every situation to your worship. We surrender every need to your worship. We surrender everything to your worship. Lord, we praise you, Lord. We exalt your name, O Father. We bow before you. Take all glory, adoration, power, and majesty. We celebrate your goodness. Thank you, Lord. Alleluia. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hands are provided. Great is your faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Oh, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies are seen. Oh I have need that thy hands are provided. Great is your faithfulness. Lord, unto us. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, we worship you this day. Father, we need not to fight in this battle lord in this battle lord of our lives this battle of our health our family our finances our calling our destiny the church oh god the battle concerning our personal health our personal life oh god the national battle the spiritual battle the physical battle the marital battle battle in every area lord we hand over to you we hand over to your integrity, to your faithfulness. We pray, Lord God, all those who are in pain right now, those who have been afflicted, those who are under bondage, those who are sick, Lord, we surrender those battles into your hands this morning. Those who are desperately in need, those who are believing by faith, Lord, we have this Confidence in you, we have this hope in you, we have this trust in you, we are depending on you, and you are Lord in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we believe, Lord, we depend on you, Lord. Our faith, our trust, our hope is settled in you, Lord. As the song says, Oh God, you are our warrior, you are our leader, we are not afraid. We believe you as the pillar of fire. As you confronted the, the Ammonites, O oh God, and the children of Ammon and the Mount Seir, Lord, you discomfited them. We pray that that's exactly what you do to our enemies. You confuse them, O oh God, to become enemies among themselves. And that, God, when we show up, all that we'll see will be dead men lying down, powerless, lifeless, because of the manifestation of your power. We celebrate your faithfulness. Thank you for healing us tonight, this morning. Thank you for delivering us this morning. Thank you for providing this morning. Thank you for meeting us at the point of need this morning. Thank you Lord for being our guide and our help, our source and our sustainer. Thank you God for fighting our battle. Thank you God for making a way where there is no way. Thank you God for breaking stubborn yoke. Thank you God for defeating the foundations of our lives, the evil foundations of our lives. Thank you God for rendering powerless every evil assessment or manipulation of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done by faith and confidence in you. We believe it is well. We believe it is well. You met the man at the pool and you said to him, will that be made whole? He was doubting. He wanted to explain and you said, take up your bed and go. Bambathimus met with you and you said to Bambathimus, go thy way thy faith and made thee whole. The centurion soldier said, sir, I'm not worthy that you come to my house. Say the word. Your servant will be here and you spoke your word and Lord the servant the Bible says that same hour I was here. Lord, you said to the 10 lepers, Go and show yourself to the priest. And they were here. Lord God Almighty, that is why we're calling upon you today in confidence, in faith and assurance, believing that you are God, you are not man, and you will not lie, you will not fail. Lord, as from this moment, I decree and I declare upon everyone under the sound of my voice those in a house and those outside those who are watching online live lord i pray for every one of us in every area of our life holistically i decree and i declare it is well with you in the name of jesus it is well with you in the name of jesus it is well with your health in the name of jesus It is well with your family, in the name of Jesus. It is well with your finances, in the name of Jesus. It is well with your career. It is well with your business. It is well with you in every area of your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let the blessing of God be your portion. Let the miracle of God be your portion. And that the world will look at you and say, surely, His goodness and his mercy is following after you. Because that is what you have promised us, oh God. You said they shall follow us every day of our lives. Thank you, Father, for asking prayers. We know it is well. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. We want to thank God for this wonderful day, beloved. We appreciate you for joining us. For those of you who are out there.